It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair But her mummy is yelling no And her daddy has told her to go But her friend is nowhere to be seen Now she walks through her sunken dream To the seat with the clearest view And she's hooked to the silver screen But the film is a sad thing for For she's lived it ten times or more She could spit in the eyes of fools As they ask her to focus on singers Fighting in the dance hall Welcome back from a bit of a accidental hiatus, if you will, to the Feminine Critique. Our summer break. Our summer break. You know, I mean, Jeopardy's been off the air for like two months. I don't want to talk about it. It's really upsetting. It breaks up my whole week and nights and I don't like it. But I accept it because you need to take a break sometimes. Like we did. Right, Christine? We did. Um, During our break, you got married. I did. And I watched multiple seasons of Fringe. So both valid life choices. You be the judge of who had a more successful of who won in the end. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I mean, uh, if, well, actually, I don't know which is more work because I've never watched Fringe. And from what I understand, it gets very complicated. So for all I know, that might actually be more complicated than planning a wedding. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, neither do I, because I'll tell you something, folks. As you're going to see when you find out some of the movies I've been watching lately, weddings are really stressful. And even when you're, like, pretty laid back about the whole thing, you end up realizing that your mind is so fried that you can't concentrate. So you're like, okay, I guess I will watch the sequel to Center Stage. Because I can't focus on anything else, Christine. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess something good came out of it all. I, I like to think. I like to think. Um, we did have some really good leftovers, so that was great. Mm, that's good. Yeah, there was some steak, uh, some really – even, like, the hamburgers and hot dogs were really good. So, yeah, okay. all in all, a good day, if you will. And I did. Now, we did actually, to go behind the curtain, we had some technical difficulties. Um, a few right before um, I did that big thing, we tried to record an episode with um, special semi-regular guest star – co-hostess Erica on Fast Five and Step Up All In, aka Step Up All In being the greatest thing in the world ever, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm not denying that. Do not hesitate to say Step Up Five. Folks, if it's still playing anywhere near you, please give it money because then they'll make another one and um, then I'm, I will be happy. It, I might rate it my, my top Step Up movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's really hard for me to say because you know how I feel about three, but Step Up 5 had everything I could possibly have wanted. You know how I feel about two. Mm-hmm. Um, the seeing Step Up all in in the theater prompted me to um, rewatch one and two. Why would you rewatch um, one? 
because it, it is important. It's an yeah, integral yeah, part. Yeah. Especially when you're showing someone else all the movies, it's interesting. <sighs> it's an interesting progression because one and two are completely different movies. But but two really sets the stage for the, the yes, rest of the two, franchise. Two starts the, the much improved tone. It it really does. It's amazing how I mean two's um two thousand seven, two thousand eight, something like that. I think. But that's like a long time ago now. And that's still the mold that they've continued to adhere to. So I think that's impressive to see what the first step up was and then, you know, the sequel. Yeah. Well, the, the first step up, I like to call Save the Last Dance Part 2. Oh, my God. That's all that's I that's what do. it is. That's what when it feels like. When I watch like. it, it's like, oh, it's just like that part. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's just yeah, like that thing. everything about yeah. it. Except yeah. not as fun. And I, just, I'm not saying Save the Last Dance is a great movie, but I think it is much better and more enjoyable than the first step up, in my opinion. I can see that. I just, I think there's a place for step up in, in the step up franchise. Um, but the second one is so good. Mm-hmm. I just I just clap my hands and stomp my feet, mm-hmm. and I love it so much. Um, I didn't get to the third one, but the goal was to do an entire right. franchise rewatch because I haven't seen the fourth one. Oh, the fourth one just has great dancing. Mm-hmm. The the last like half hour of the fourth one's amazing. All I think the fourth one actually probably has the best dance sequences of all of them, including five. I don't uh, know. Five was so good. How was that possible? Oh my god, five was so good. <laughs> We're gonna do. We will do our episode on it. Christine's saying she won't remember it, but trust me, you'll remember I everything already about fr- it. I've already including forgotten. the many allusions to the Muppets Take Manhattan that it makes. <laughs> there are totally... so many homages to the Muppets Take Manhattan, intentional or unintentional. I don't care. But the point but is, what brings us here today? What brings us here today is shockingly not step up. I know. I mean, most Sad. most of my motivation in life can kind of be defined by nachos or step up. Yeah. How close does this get me to step up? Uh, it, it's a bit of a walk around. Uh, but so what we are doing today now, normally, as you know, we cover two movies now due to time constraints and a whole lot of stuff. Uh, today we're just covering one movie. Uh, so first to preface, um, the the wonderful Gregory over at the Debatable Podcast has put together a pod crawl, which he's done before. And this pod crawl, which basically means like a whole bunch of podcasts do episodes on stuff that's connected. In this case, a whole bunch of podcasts are doing episodes on the Alien and Predator movies. So beginning with Alien going through it, then doing Predator, and going through it, and so on. And then Alien vs. Predator, even, which I don't think is as bad as people say. Anyway. Still, I, I will say again, and I've probably said this before, I have not seen it. So I saw I the first say. one, and I just, I was expecting it to be so bad, and I thought, I'm like, eh, it's not, it's okay. I don't know. I think people, because of those properties, people were so yeah. angry at it. But on its own, as just a theatrical horror action movie, I thought it was fine. But that's... Well, this will this will come up, I think, when we actually talk about the movie that we've ended up with. Um, but you you and I don't share um, the relationship that people our age and, and probably a little bit older than us have with Alien True. and the Alien films, which I think is strange for both of us. Right, because we're both big genre fans, and both of us, I believe, kind of got our genre start with horror. Yeah. But for, for whatever reason, I did not see Alien until I was probably, like, 19 or so. Yeah. Um, I love it. I, I absolutely adore Alien, and I adore Aliens. Um, I, and I understand both of their influence on the genre. Yeah. 
-hmm. But again, because I did not see them early in my, like, cinema fandom, I just, I don't have the same emotional connection to it that a lot of genre fans have. And people do, and people... I would say I probably have that feeling more with Predator if I had to pick Mm. a franchise um, because I saw Predator when I was young. Um, But people have those ties to those two franchises. So I I feel like I don't, again, I haven't seen it, but I've heard there's like a bastardization um, when they come together and it loses what Mm. each one was supposed to be. Um, which I can understand would upset some people. But like not having any real ties to them that way would um right you I would can I think probably I would, I think I would at a like much, it yeah. at a diff, with a different set of glasses if you will yeah yeah for me um with predator I rem- my strongest memory which I really like predator uh predator 2 is the movie that I remember not, I don't remember it better but I just have a really strong connection to it because I went to see the movie with my dad and my brothers when I was I don't know what year that came out but I had to be really young um, and I just remember going to see it with them. And then afterwards I had to use the bathroom and they made me use the men's room because I was too little ah. and they were scared I was going to get kidnapped if I went in the ladies room. So that's all I remember about Predator 2. Um, just to run through the other, uh, the other podcasts, eh? the other podcasts that will be covering these movies. So um, we are now, we're right in the middle. Uh, so Christine, which movie are we covering? We're ca- covering... Uh- <laughs> we're covering alien to the third alien to the third Power. degree or alien cubed i guess also uh yeah the the third one the third one the third one <laughs> the um the david fincher yes one. so the very controversial alien three is what we're going to talk about um before we Be do that prepared for me to not do this movie justice <laughs> well i will say before we even deal with everything else i had never seen it before I recently have because I don't know if you own it, but I know a lot of the people quad, in our the big Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, I got it when it was friends. on sale for like ten bucks on Amazon. So did I. A bunch of people got that mm-hmm. quadrilogy, um, and when I when I got it, I slowly made my way through the first three because I'm. I mean, I fucking have it. Why not? Oh, exactly. um, so yeah, I had seen it for the first time recently. Um, within like the last year and a half, two years recently, I don't, when I watched it, I didn't remember what I watched. If I watched the extended, whatever the, it has a, a name, the assembly I, cut, the assembly cut is that, I don't know if I watched that or if I watched theatrical this time around when I watched it, I watched the assembly cut as did I. Okay. Yeah, um, I had never seen it, but Brandon had seen the theatrical version. So we decided to watch the, um, assembly yeah. cut which is such a pretentious um, name why can't they just call it a special edition or whatever or th- because the the whole thing with him oh I don't right know. as soon as i said that i'm like oh right because it's not a director's cut because fincher wouldn't come back that's a whole yeah. thing um the so the other uh, let me I'm just sorry. run through um so other yeah. podcasts covering the movies um most of which have already or half of which have already been released you've got gobbly geek covered alien and predator the Debatable Podcast is covering Aliens and Predator 2, and that should be out there now, Debatable Podcast. We're doing Alien 3, and then in the future, 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 um, covering Predators and Alien Resurrection is But You're Wrong. Covering Alien vs. Predator and AVP Requiem is Hollywood Huddle, and covering Prometheus is the podcast, so let's get to the point. All of them are on iTunes. Uh, if you go to our Facebook page, there's like a little postcard thingy with all these dates and names on there. So you have it in front of you. If yeah. I remember, I'll put it in the show notes. I will try. 
Yeah. Uh, so Alien 3. Now, before we delve right into Alien 3, do you want to go over what we've been watching? Yeah, I'm. I ha- honestly, considering it's been like a month, I haven't gotten much under my belt. But there are a few things that I would like to mention and see if you've maybe seen. Okay. Let me um, hear them. Would you like me to go first? I would. You've okay. made it so intriguing. Well, a million years ago, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Ah. Like the night it opened. I so still that's, in, that's, that's how long it's been since we talked. I was busy um, going to see Step Up All In twice. Um, good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy was great. I'm sure everybody's seen it by now. I'm super glad it's still like the number one movie yeah, and it, all that stuff. Well. I was really... It got knocked down by... Um, I never care about box office shit, but people were so naysay about this. That I really turtles, right? Yeah, I really wanted everyone to be proved. Like all the people that were like, "This is gonna fail." Nobody knows what this is. Like as like a a a fan of James Gunn. I guess I could say I'm a fan of James Gunn. As a fan of James Gunn and a fan of Marvel and a fan of Marvel movies and a fan of Rocket Raccoon, like I fuck you people. Like it's gonna do awesome, and it did do awesome, so I'm happy. When when you see it, I'd be curious. Oh yeah, super, I'm, I'm looking actually, forward to it. Actually, super curious, because it smacks of James Gunn. Who I, I, I think, usually really like. Yeah, so I think you would dig it for for a lot of the reasons why um, other genre folk have, because okay. it's got some solid stuff in there. So Yeah, I'd, based on everything I've heard, I'd be surprised if I don't like it. I just, Me I, too, man. I'm not in like a big mood to see it, because everybody's already seen it. I'll see it, guys. I will, okay? Yeah, I wanted to see it twice, but life happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Oculus. Ah, okay. Have you seen it? No, you wanted to cover okay. it, and we still can. It's I um, think now on DVD, so now I can. Get I it think soon. we should. Okay, um, because like I, I would like to talk to you about it. Let's do an Oculus man, show on it. Man, oh man, did this movie ruin my night? Ooh, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. Ooh. Um, uh, I would really like to talk to you about it. Okay, though, let's so I think do, we should... let's say it right now. Um, for October, since it's October, we will cover Oculus and something else. Cool. Awesome. I will watch it again and, and probably be very upset by it. Um, <laughs> I watched Mr. Jones, which I don't know if you've seen. Is that the Kevin Costner one? No, that is the movie with um, the creepy guy that leaves weird bone statues in the woods and it's first person no i'm not it's called mr jones it wasn't very good but it it wasn't bad i don't know (laughs) (laughs) it could have been way worse but um i i didn't not enjoy it but i did that thing i do with a lot of horror movies where i am ruthless and if there's something that i'm not connecting with i will tear it to shreds which isn't which isn't fair well you say that but i say it is um, so I watched that. That's if it, if if you, you come across it, um, we we got the DVD in from Netflix. So I mean, I don't think it, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. It wasn't when I watched it. Um, I bought a Blu-ray with Scooby-Doo and Scooby-Doo Two on it for um, three dollars and fifty cents. These are the uh, Matthew Lillard Scooby-Doo's. Yes. Okay. I love Matthew Lillard, and I, I love I love books. him too. <laughs> I like Scooby-Doo Two a lot. It's a lot um, like the cartoon. It's really fun. Um, the first one is, but the second Am I one crazy. Is, does James Gunn have something to do with those movies? Yeah, I believe he does. I think he was a writer on the. I don't know if it was yeah. his ultimate screenplay, but I think he was he, a yeah, credited writer at some point on the first. He's one. He's in the special features. Oh, uh, okay. Of it. So yeah, I like those movies. I think they're ridiculous. Um, 
I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do for my instant recommend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I saw Step Up all in, and it was amazing. amazing. We'll talk about it. Um, I watched Fast Five. We'll probably talk about that. Yes. But um, spoiler, I'm not going to remember a thing about it. <laughs> um, I already said I watched the first two Step Ups. I watched Dead Silence because it started streaming. I was going to tell you it was streaming. Boy, that's a terrible movie. <gasps> I love what? I think Dead Silence. Well, well, we're at we're probably a quarter of the way through the viewing at one point, and I'm like, boy, this is terrible. And my boyfriend's like, yeah, this is awful. And I was like, I think Emily really likes this. I movie. really do. <laughs> and he's like, man, oh man, she has questionable taste. <laughs> Nobody's ever argued that, including me. I know your. I like that your reputation your reputation precedes you because I've never said Emily's got. I will taste, but the things that I come out with, like, no, no, no she really liked that. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't like it at all. I gave it oh. a four out of ten but in my yeah. final rating. I thought it was ridiculously bad. Oh, I, I just love that it's like so different that it was after Saw, so James Wan and Lee yeah. Wanell like could have very easily. <laughs> done the same thing. I know. And instead they were like, we like dolls and we like 40s Universal movies, so let's just make our own little doll movie. And but, it's so weird and over-stylized and it has that great what-the-fuck ending. You got something right that you just said. <laughs> I, the ending is great. It has a great twist. Because it's a um, ridiculous twist. Oh my gosh, I called it halfway through and I said, oh my <laughs> god, I, I better not be right about this twist. I'm going to be so pissed if it's this movie. Um, I would. Have you seen it recently? No, I've only watched okay. it one time. You should rewatch it because I'd like to pick your brains about okay. it because I don't understand some of the stuff that happens. Okay. <laughs> um, but that's streaming, everyone. That's not my recommend. Maybe it's streaming. mine. Um, I watched Neighbors. Okay, that's the that, uh, Zac Efron one. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, this is like. A perfect storm movie for me. It's got Zac Efron and my favorite Franco, Dave Franco. <laughs> um, he's my preferred. Um, Seth Rogen, who, when I love him, I love him. Uh, and then Rose Byrne, who I absolutely oh, I, adore. I do adore her. Um, this, it was, I think my expectations were in a really low place. It was not that bad. There were a lot of really funny parts, but there was a little bit too much low-barrow drug humor for me. Mm. Not that I'm a curmudgeon and, and, like, drugs are bad, but, like, I don't think it's funny most yeah. of the time. It's easy a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. But um, sure. if you get an opportunity, it's got a few laughs in it. Um, yeah, one of these days I'll get to it. I was like, eh, I got nothing better to do. Why not? Yeah. And then the final movie I watched is streaming. Um, you should watch it if you haven't already. It's called Authors Anonymous. I've, I feel like I've seen the title, I but I don't... I believe somebody, and I wish I had gone back and looked, posted it in our Facebook group, and I recently posted it. Um, it's the broad from um, Big Bang Theory. Okay. Uh, Kaylee Kuhlo. Kaylee Kuhlo. And then, what is that fucking dude's name? William Shatner. Not William Shatner. Jonathan Galecki. Um, so I'll, um, this is me typing. Um, I gave it a two. Oh my god. Wait, um, what is the the plot of it? The plot of it is the, this. It's like this writing group, and 
why can't his name's not coming up? He's a famous actor, Chris Klein. Oh, my favorite, Chris Klein, the worst actor in the world and the biggest dick in the world. So he's I terrible. Hate him, but he's so I sad. hate him, but I almost like how bad he is. Oh, except that he's—I think he's an awful human being. So I still please, hate him. Please, please watch this then. Okay. So I don't really understand the appeal of that Big Bang Theory broad. Um, I don't understand I, the appeal of the Big Bang Theory, but that's me. I don't really like um, Chris Klein. I already forgot his name. <laughs> <laughs> He's that kind of actor. He's not but very who, good. Whoever posted it in our Facebook, and please claim credit for this, put up the, the poster, the cover of the DVD, and it's got both of them making these smug faces with these glasses on, and they wrote "Glasses the movie." And it made me <laughs> I remember this now. It made me laugh so hard. So that single-handedly made me want to watch this. Um, they're basically just in a writing group, and um, it, which that in itself is funny that those two actors are cast as writers. And it makes it makes no sense. A lot of the stuff makes no sense. They don't use proper terminal ter- terminology for people who'd be trying to write. Like a novel, they, they kind of use terminology of like a like a scriptwriter, which does, is different. Does, do, let me let me just call something. Does the movie have a lot of scenes of them ripping a piece of paper out of their typewriter or notebook and crumbling it up and throwing it, and then there's you see outside of their garbage can a whole bunch of ripped up paper? I don't know if that happens at all. Oh. Um, it's it's what I come worst. to expect from my movies about writers. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Ooh. Not that, no, not really. But it's so bad. It's not well acted. It's not well produced. It's not interesting. It's not funny. And yet, it's, you've totally made me want to watch it. You have to watch it. Watch Everyone it. should watch it. I shouldn't, but I have. That's to. my unofficial um, Netflix recommend. I'm writing it down right now so I don't forget. Oh man, when I saw, very rarely, I, I, like I said, I've kind of fallen off the movie watching. Mm-hmm. Very rarely does something pop on instant or come in from Netflix where the second it's there, I'm like, oh, I have to watch this. <laughs> no, this came on instant watch, and I was like. <laughs> I almost threw the remote. Hold the phone, everybody. This is what we're watching. And it clearly it was worth it. It was so bad. It sounds amazing. So you should watch it. Okay, I will. All right. That's my abridged list. Okay. Mine is a weird list because I just have such a... I was in a weird place last month. Well, that's understandable. Um, so I'm going to go kind of backtracking, too, or going backwards. Um one that I watched just the other day, so this is back when I was in my normal place of, I'm on the bus, what should I watch? I should watch a movie Uh about mountain climbers who die. And that was A Lonely Place to Die. Ah, it's been on my queue forever. Um, pretty good. It, it starts really good, and for the first, like, 45 minutes, I'm like, fuck yeah! Yeah. And then it just kind of gets a little bit, it, it, what was... Because it starts where it's in the mountains and they're mountain climbing and there's a brook and it's dangerous. And then it kind of gets into and now there's a guy with a gun and that's less interesting. Um, But still really well made for a horror movie that I don't believe is theatrical. Um, Well acted. uh, Not like you don't quite understand who everybody is to each other. But I feel like that was more a choice of... Because they didn't need one character to say, I used to date you and now I don't. So it was kind of disciplined in that sense. And I like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a recommend. Okay. Um, Did you, it was streaming still, right? This one is streaming. Yes. Okay, absolutely. cool. Uh, I watched a really interesting movie that actually, first time this has happened in a while, it does not show up on Letterboxd. I couldn't find it there. It is called Passage. 
Um, and what it is, it's essentially a documentary about the um, the, the Franklin expedition that... <laughs> Don't just type passage into um, Google. No, it won't understand no, what you're talking so, about. And yeah, and even in Letterboxd, there's like 20 movies and none of them were this movie. Um, but this is a movie about, if you know anything about the Franklin expedition, was the boat of people that were trying to find a passage, a like basically a passage through the Arctic. Mm-hmm. Um, it failed. Everybody died. There was probably cannibalism, but many things haven't been proven. What got me looking at this movie was I had read the Dan Simmons book, The Terror, mm-hmm. which is excellent and outstanding. And anybody who likes historical fiction or horror fiction or just reading should read it. Um, so this movie is a, it's about that same case. And the way they construct the movie is they do it as as if this filmmaker is making a film of the Franklin Expedition. But in order to do that, he has his cast and his crew researching it. Um, so it's it's a really... Oh, that's kind of neat. Yeah, like, and I don't think the movie was ever made, or if it was, it was probably like a made for like BBC or something. But as a result, you have these like actors kind of investigating these people in this case. And it's ends up being fascinating because you find out a lot of it has to do with um, where the blame was put and how the British military and government has never and like refuses to acknowledge that there was probably cannibalism and foul play. Mm -hmm. Uh, Instead, they've kind of said, oh, no, it's because the natives up there probably killed everyone. And so you have this like consultant who is a native Inuit who's basically saying, nope guys you can't blame us for all of this like this isn't what my people do uh but you so you have like all of these layers going on it was really interesting it's not on instant it was a long wait disc on netflix um but if you can find it and if you have any kind of interest in uh i don't know that kind of history really really fascinating movie Hmm. um i also watch because as you know i was getting married so i'm like I don't know, I guess I'll watch a horror movie about a man who kills brides the night before their wedding. And that would be on Instant Watch. It's Mario Bava's Hatchet for the Honeymoon, a.k.a. Blood Brides. Yeah, and it's about a guy who's who's obsessed with killing brides. Naturally, I would watch this before I got married. Uh, It's actually pretty good, too. It's sort of American Psycho-esque in the way it's about this, like, really good-looking, successful man who just happens to murder women. Worth a watch, everybody. Um, we still in the, I can't concentrate on anything. So what should I do? We watched the mystery science theater 3000 episode of devilfish. <laughs> uh, cause outside the cinema had just talked about that. And I, and I uh-huh. realized it was on instant watch. I'm like, I need to watch this. And it's great. Uh, it's one of the later episodes. It's in like the last couple of seasons and it's still really funny. People, people want to crap on those seasons, but they're still really good. Yes. The, uh, we watched on TCM, uh, TCM was doing a marathon of old mysteries and they aired a version of, and then there were none or 10 little Indians. This one from 1940 something. Ooh, how fun. Yeah. I don't understand why this movie wimps out on the ending and why every apparent adaptation of 10 little Indians wimps out on the ending. Because that's really frustrating. Because it yeah. takes away what makes that story so good. Um, I mean, it's if you like mysteries and if you like that era, sure, it's a well-made movie. Except if you've read the book, it's yeah. infuriating that they wimp out on the ending. 
So I didn't like that. Um, I We decided we really wanted to feel bad about ourselves. So we've been watching Roots. Every day of my life. Every day of your life. You want to feel bad about yourself? Watch Roots. And you realize how fucking awful white people are. Have you ever seen Roots? The um, no, uh, miniseries? It's amazing. We're about halfway through it, I think. There's, I think, six episodes. We're the thirds. We're halfway through. Um, it's amazing. A great cast. Really well made. Not uh, dated at all. And it makes you feel really bad about being white. But really worth watching. Uh, okay, just a few more. When I was still in my... I can't concentrate on anything. So I watched a just comedian movie where it's just comedians being comedians uh-huh. uh, and this was called women who kill because it was all women who I guess oh my gosh how awful was it um i it was funny uh the only right. comic i knew was Amy i'll give Schumer. you that <laughs> uh the other three i don't remember who they were they kind of had the same or at least like two of them kind of had the same like delivery and stuff uh some of it was funny though I mean, some of some jokes, like most stand-up comedians, some jokes fall flat. Some are really funny. This oh, wasn't bad. It, Fifty minutes of my life, one commute, well. all good. Um, okay, three more. I'll run through them. So again, in my, I can't concentrate on anything. So therefore, I'm going to watch Center Stage. Turn it up, which is the <laughs> sequel to Center Stage, the ballet movie from like 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, so this movie is one of those movies where very obviously casts dancers in the lead roles, and you can tell that because they can't seem to not smile when they act, which is adorable. Um, but that being said, you know, it was kind of a sweet movie. Uh, the it had a like it had a positive message about dancing and believing in yourself and <laughs> and all that. And yes, I was so burnt out that I was like. This, again, tells you, I don't know, okay, I don't know, listeners, if any of you have, like, gotten married or, like, dealt with everything. Um, you don't realize how, like, emotionally drained you are until you're watching the sequel to Center Stage, the direct-to-video sequel to Center Stage, and you find yourself tearing up because you just feel so bad that the main character just keeps getting, can't can't get it together. Because you really want her to get it together because she deserves it and she's worked so hard. Uh, but she just can't. I don't think I would normally tear up at that, but that just again goes to say what happened. You were in a you were in a, a yeah. place in your life. Exactly. Um, Peter Gallagher came back for it, which was very nice of him. Oh, that's um, fun. And funny story. So the the male lead in that movie, uh, who was in who's in the Footloose remake, the whole time I'm like, I don't get like I guess he's supposed to be Australian, but he's covering up his accent, and eventually they're gonna say that he's like an army brat or something that he's moved around a lot and that explains his accent and then i looked up online to like i actually went on the imd message boards to figure out which i never do but this time i'm like well somebody's gonna explain where he's from Mm -hmm. and i saw the thread about the accent and apparently and forgive me to our massachusetts listeners but he's from massachusetts and like that's his accent and that's christine you live near massachusetts do um Massachusetts people sound like they're Australian sometimes. Not in my um, experience. All right. Well, watch Center Stage, turn it up, and tell me he doesn't sound more Australian. (laughs) For that reason alone. Yes. Uh, Along with that, I watched um, ABC Family is kind of the channel made for me. Between it constantly playing the Step Up movies and Burlesque and Uh Dreaming the Liars, um, 
It also, I'm flipping around the other day. I was waiting for a show to start, but I had like five minutes and I saw, oh, the end of Dirty Dancing's on, so I'll watch the end of it. Oh, and now Dirty Dancing Havana Nights is on, which I've never seen. Why Ooh, wouldn't I record that it? That sounds good. You've never seen it? No. It's really not good, but it's fascinating for a lot of reasons. Okay. Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Let's start with the cast. So Diego Luna and uh, the girl we love from, whose name I can't say, Ramala Ghibli from Atonement and Angel. Yes, 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 yes. She's a fantastic actress. She plays basically the Jennifer Grey role. Mm-hmm. She's not a dancer and neither is Diego Luna. So the dancing in the movie isn't that good. Because even though clearly they've tried, like they're yeah, not, they're not naturally dancers. great dancers. So why yeah. am I watching them dance? So that's one thing. Um, you have John Slattery plays her dad and January Jones plays like the bitchy friend, which is just weird. Because it's like it's Mad Men, but they're in totally different age brackets and it's just mm-hmm. bizarre. Um, and then... The, the best thing about this movie, aside from it really not being very remarkable at all, is that it was, I noticed that the beginning credits have screenplay Peter Sagal. I'm like, that can't be the same Peter Sagal who does Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me on NPR, right? Uh-huh. Is it? Okay, yes. Yeah, that's funny. But it's even better because apparently Peter Sagal, like 20 years ago, wrote a screenplay about, like, live, about, like, Cuba on the eve of the revolution. Uh-huh. And then separately, the rights for the Dirty Dancing sequel were running out. So the studio that made it was like, okay, we need to do something. What are we going to do? Uh, okay, here's a script about Cuba in the same era as Dirty Dancing. How about we make it into a Dirty Dancing movie? And somehow they kind of made it into a Dirty Dancing movie? It's really weird. I don't know how they did it. It's not very good. But I watched it anyway because I'm like that. That's interesting. Um, interesting choice on their part. Very strange. That dude still got paid, though, right? So I guess weird. so. Uh, and then the last thing I watched, which is uh, okay, you know those moments when you like discover something that your whole life you wish you knew about. Christine, have you ever seen The Visitor? No. Oh my god. Um, I think it's. Oh, I forgot the year already. I want to say it's like 1980. Uh, it has an evil child. It has, um, um, so it's got like total evil child stuff going on. It's got this crazy cast where you have Lance Henriksen, um, and like Franco Nero. I do know what this is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very seventies, very, very of its time. And you have. The name sounds vaguely familiar. I'm Googling. You've probably it seen the. Right po- as soon as you Google the poster, you're going to see it and you're going to be like, yeah, oh, yeah. that really familiar. I don't think I've ever seen it, though. Okay. Most. Im- it's. It's. I think. Ooh, Shelly Winters. It does. Yes. Oh, that's the other thing. You have Shelly Winters. You have an evil child. And Christine, you have figure skating. Oh, my God. You have a really? figure skating, like, violent scene, which. Come on. Like, wow. I, I'm mad that people. Was enough it, people like, actually good, this. though? It's weird. Okay. It's cool. It's different. It's the soul great. of a young girl with telekinetic powers becomes the prize in a fight between forces of God and the devil. Sorta. Yeah, I guess. Okay, because like um, it. it's so weird. It is a bizarre film that everyone should see, um, and it has figure skating and an evil child. So cool. I, I found it on TCM. I saved it because I will watch it probably twelve more times. Uh, if you haven't seen it, folks, go seek it out. And then tell everyone. Yeah, it looks um, it looks interesting. All should have told me. 
All right. That's everything I've been watching. Well, good for you. That's a solid list. Thank you. Yeah. Especially with all that was going on. Yeah. Well, you know what happened? It got to because for a while I was reading a lot. Yeah. And that was great. And I felt smart and everything. And then I took out a book from the library. It was a biography of Genghis Khan, which got all these great reviews. I started reading it. Fascinating. I'm about 50 pages in. And then, like, all of a sudden, I'm, like, a few days away from dealing with all this wedding stuff where I could not concentrate on anything. I was going to say, there's no way you can concentrate on something that... You cannot concentrate on a biography of Genghis Khan when you're about to get married. So then that's when it turned into, like, center stage two. And I started watching those movies, so... Hey, it's all about balance. Exactly. Exactly. I'm in a good place now. Um, And on that note, we're going to take a quick break. Yeah. We are going to come back and we are going to talk about Alien Cubed. Yes. I was there to match my intellect on national TV against a plumber and an architect, both with a PhD. recently for the first time yeah i'm recently i used loosely like two years ago okay um i had just for whatever reason never seen it mostly because again i saw alien and aliens later in life and everything everybody had ever said was don't watch alien 3 alien resurrection i never meant to watch except when i lived in korea it was always on i don't know why i just watched it after i watched this one yeah what are your thoughts on alien resurrection um, I have a lot of complex thoughts. I probably mm. shouldn't have as many complex thoughts about this movie as I do. <laughs> um, but um, it's Jean-Pierre Jeannot, yep. who I think you're familiar with. Sure. Directorially. I'm Your not, favorite movie, A Very Long Engagement. I'm... Very Long Movie. Um, <laughs> I'm not over the moon about him, but I understand the appeal. Um... He, he's, he's a dude that does a thing that's fine. I don't think the thing that he does was suited for that kind of movie. I would agree. Um, and then you have, you know, a weeding script. Some form of a weeding it script. Sounds very... Well, scripts in apparently later Alien movies are never really belong to anyone, it would seem. Yeah, someone once told me that um, he he has said... I, I didn't look this up, so this could be complete hearsay. That Whedon has said, like, that, yep, that's, the, that's what I wrote. But that's not how I wrote it. I have heard that. Well, I I've read an interview with him recently where he kind of said the huge thing was that Jeanne didn't always understand what was a joke, and I I think it seemed like the tone was such an issue that Whedon 
kind of felt that Janae didn't really get what his style was. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, that's the thing about resurrection is it's such a weird tone. It really is. And there's goofy, but then it occasionally tries to be serious. And because it is so goofy, you can't really have the two together. But there's these moments of pure, like just like really tense horror like when she goes and she burns oh, up all scene. the yeah the which supposedly is the scene that i think that is as written and i think sigourney weaver has said that's the scene that made her decide to do the movie it she was thought that was so, such a great concept and potential and then the rest of the movie happened yeah like i really was like really in it for that part yep. like i was what you know really sucked in but and there and I was talking about this last night. There's there's a lot of frustration for me because I am, you know, mildly familiar with the director. I feel like I'm very familiar with the with the writer, and I see, I see what he wrote in it. Mm-hmm. But then I see these things that are not like one of these things are not like the other. Like I yeah. see these glaring things. Like this doesn't belong here. Yeah. This isn't right. And I think that makes it more difficult for me to watch because like like yeah this like ragtag bunch like there are so many serenity parallels there's so many buffy parallels like it he these are his this is that's what he writes right. and like the two that make it to the end spoiler aren't necessarily the two you think are gonna make mm. it to the end you know shit like that and that's super interesting but then there's this connective tissue that's like what the fuck am i watching and i think it to speak about resurrection, it makes sense to to talk about Alien Three in that same way, because what happened by Alien Three is that this became a property and a franchise, yeah. and as a result, you had a studio that was pressured to put the movie out because of various because you know when you have a movie that does so as well as Alien, you make Aliens, obviously, and Aliens is fascinating for being so different from Alien, but being so good. I think Alien and Aliens are both outstanding movies, very different tones. Both of them are genre-changing and defining in very different ways, and I enjoy the heck out of both of them. By the time you get to Alien 3, now you have a studio that, okay, now they have to make something big that's going to make money, and they know that the clock is ticking on it for a lot of different reasons. Um, So now you're stuck with the kind of movie that has 12 different scripts before eight of them are combined, put in a blender, and one kind of comes out, and then a first-time director has to sort of rewrite as he does it. And that's what you get with Alien 3, is my understanding. Yeah, it's... There's a problem, and this can be said about any movie, when you you take chunks from something, when it's not properly paced, when it's not properly built up, when payoffs aren't earned... Um, yeah. So let's <laughs> let's get into this one. So now we've got, first of all, the first, did you know who the first picture direct this movie was? No. I, you're going to know a lot more about this because I didn't do any research. I just kind of did <laughs> the lookups. I, I meant, the, I mean, the DVD set or the Blu-ray set has like a whole documentary about this movie, which I didn't get to watch. Um, but I read enough where I got some good background, a lot of which I could have guessed. Um, yeah. But who, Christine, here's a, here's a feminine critique trivia question for you. What okay. director has had the most films featured on our show? Oh, man. It's going to be something terrible, isn't it? Uh, well, well, no. 
mostly not. Sometimes Justin Lin. No, although I guess he would close, probably though. be close. He might actually be <laughs> the winner now. Think tall and Nordic, long-haired. Oh my God, no. Rennie? Rennie Harlan was the first oh. choice for this movie. Well, I could totally see that. I think he would have done better with it. Uh, he, I think he would have made a more enjoyable film to watch. I think he... Okay, let me, let me, let me re, re, restate that. I think it would have been more successful in a certain way. In a certain... Absolutely. <laughs> I agree. Um, you then, after him, they were going to try to get uh, Vincent Ward, who was one of, one of the many screenwriters on it, who uh, directed What Dreams May Come. Oh, okay. And then... They ended up with Dave, a young David Fincher, his first film. Uh, Wild stuff. Now, the funny thing was, I'm watching this, and you know, and Brian's like, "What else did Fincher direct?" And I'm going through the list, and then as we get to like the last act, I'm like, "Pause." Oh yeah, Fincher also directed "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Yeah, <laughs> because suddenly it looks exactly like that music video. Just the color palette, man, oh man. like brought me so back be- to the '90s. Because. Um- Brandon had to ask what else he had directed. Are you guys not totes like Fincher um, fanatics? I'm not a Fincher fanatic. I have seen, I, th- I think all of Fincher's films. I love Seven. Um, I really liked Social Network. I did not, I watched like 10 minutes of Benjamin Button and I was just annoyed that it was so long. Because my issue with Fincher, um, I am annoyed by the fact that he can't, that every one of his movies is too long. <laughs> Because uh, even yeah. like Panic Room, which I think is fine, but I don't understand I why it has Panic to be an hour and 55 minutes. That's how I feel about the game. How long is yeah, the game? I agree I don't with the game. Even know, it's the same thing. But it feels like it's 17 it years long. It should be a 90 minute movie. And it's like because it's Fincher, they let him go. It's it's 129 minutes. Yeah, there's no reason for that movie to be over two hours. For um, me, that movie was. I like the game, um, but. I, and I like Zodiac, which I also think is a little long. Um, other than that, I don't really like him at all. Well, I, I love Seven, but it's also very much like a movie. I want to say made to my sensibilities, but that makes me sound really like a sadist. No, it does. Do you know what I got you for your wedding present? <laughs> Did you get me um, a... Uh, I'm starting to make it with my hands because I don't want to say the words. Is it one of those spear dildos? <laughs> No, I was gonna get. Yeah, I was going for a head in a box. But. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I go to lust first? I don't know. You really did. I was thinking like for the you know the big twist, the payoff, but you went right for it. All I right. did. It just was much more, you know, because that's more of a <laughs> yeah. tangible thing, I guess. You never see the head in the box, right? No, but I mean, you will. I think when you see hair. I don't think you do. <laughs> yeah, but I guess that's I'm a funny. sick fuck, so I like seven. Um, I think I like Fight Club. I, Fight Club is one of those movies that's kind of hard to, uh, what's the, how am I trying to say it? I like Fight Club because I, I think it's a well-made movie, but there's something so annoying about like the cult of Fight Club that I... Oh, totally, totally. I thought you were going to say something about once you know the, the twist, it kind of, not the oh, twist. Oh, no, I knew the, the twist before I saw it, because a kid in my but, high school philosophy class gave it away in class, nice. and I was still pissed what about that. What a dick. Yeah, George Green, I know where you are. I don't know where you are, but I could find you if I wanted to, and I'm still angry Facebook. about that. 
But like I, for me at least, I feel like knowing that kind of lessens the experience of the movie. Yeah, but I think that's you could say the same. Like that's such a big twist that it's going to happen. Um, mm. I think it's a movie. I think it's made fine. Zodiac. I watched the wrong way because I watched it on a computer backwards. And I oh. <laughs> also that I also happened to watch it in Swahili. No, I watched <laughs> it not knowing it was three hours. Which and it's not like oh, <gasps> it's so yeah. long. I watched it not knowing it was three hours when I had somewhere to be in three and a half hours. Yeah. So I get to a point and I'm like, okay, this movie's got to be over soon, or it's got to be over in ninety minutes. Okay then. So I just have a. I should rewatch it, but that means I have to find three hours of my life to rewatch it. Uh, I I did semi recently, and I really do like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't. Again, I don't like a lot, but I do like that one right. for some reason. And it could be just the strength of um of the acting for yeah, me. That's a great cast in that movie. Yeah, but I mean, there are people that kind of consider Fincher the like new Messiah of film. Um, I think he, he is a good filmmaker. He's, he's not always for me, I think. Um, yeah, I get that. That's how I felt with the social network. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. So you have, so on this, you have Fincher making his film, feature film debut. Yeah. Um, you have screenplays that went through various incarnations from various different writers uh, one by William Gibson, one by Eric Red, who wrote Near Dark, uh, one by the guy who wrote A Perfect Getaway in the Riddick movies. Oh, yay! Yeah, and his seems to be like one him. that um, didn't... Like, I think you could see a lot of what wasn't used there ended up in uh, the Riddick movies, but his, yeah. I think, was the first was the one that had, like, the prison colony. Then you had another script by Vincent Ward that had, instead of prisoners, they were monks. So you can see how, like, all of these things eventually got put in a blender. And then I think, um, like, the I can't even remember who officially is credited as, as a screenplay. Mm-hmm. But uh, you eventually had Walter Hill and David Geiler putting it all together into some form and saying, this is the, pr- this is the one we're producing. At that point is when Sigourney Weaver was like, okay, I guess this is the one I'm doing. And then from there, it seems like... Fincher rewrote it and he had I didn't write the name down but there was another like well-known script doctor who worked on it with him but both Fincher and the other guy were so annoyed both with the final product and with studio interference that they both also don't have their names on the screenplay Mm -hmm. so I mean when you have all of these things happening in a movie that is going to be a big budget movie you're going to have issues. Apparently there was at least $7 million in sets that were built that were never used because by the time oh, they started my. filming, they were, they were on a different screenplay. So they didn't need those sets anymore. All of these things are a bit of a problem. How frustrating. Yeah. And I mean, for the, like the alien quadrilogy set, all the directors come back to do commentaries except for Fincher. Fincher just yeah. refused to have anything to do with this movie after the fact. Um, they say something that like the assembly cut was like, sort of what he had unofficially put together or but I don't know how that was exactly done because clearly the this was overseen by someone else in the end because he didn't come back for it Um, so you have the kind of movie that's starting out as a mess without question Uh, but with that being said should we run through a quick plot synopsis I suppose yeah sure alright would you like to do it um yeah Mm. 
so this takes place after the second one. Like, Very quickly not, after the second one. Like, obviously it does. But I mean, like, in a less obvious way it does. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, um, the pod crashes um, and everybody dies. Not a spoiler because it happens in the first five seconds. Um, except Ripley. Um, she is... Uh, whatever this prison planet I don't know I, I really feel like the, the setup is so <laughs> whatever whatever aliens whatever um, she, whatever they, but they crashed Tywin they crash Lannister a, whatever it's um it's a prison planet right? but they also do like um um what it's a refinery no that's not what it is some what is kind it of manual work that does stuff and and like the work they're doing is actually for the Wayland Corporation right yeah, I believe so, yes. Yeah. But they, they are all prisoners. They all have these yes. barcodes on their heads. And there's lots of bugs there. And everybody shaves their head, including Miss um Miss Ellen Ripley. Who looks um, fucking great with a shaved she's head. She's the best. She I think she was our age in Alien. She was twenty nine when she made Alien. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But so she looks great and she's awesome and all that fun stuff, but it's like this like this this thing and they're all prisoners and they're all angry it's very it's this like dirty brown color palette and yeah yeah it looks good um there's lots and lots of bugs and also charles s dutton and they um something about religion kind of and lots of <laughs> lots of preachy speeches and um so basically the alien shows up and like they gotta deal with it right I mean, that is it in a nutshell, if you will. Um, but it's the, basically, I think a lot of this hinged on the setting and her surroundings and her having to deal with, which I think would have been cool if there was more of it, but having to deal with, like, the loss of these people. Well, let's start with that, because were you as pissed as I was when the very first thing that happens in this movie is that Newt gets killed? Yeah, I I understand they were trying to clean slate it, but it was a little too clean of a slate for me. Yeah, it was tricky, because on one hand, it is. It's a sort of immediate announcement of nobody is safe. Uh, you know, everybody, anybody can die. We're in, like, real shit now that even this child can die. Yeah. On the other hand, it's... You watch Aliens, and... You're, you walk out of that movie fist pumping because Ellen Ripley has fucking owned it and saved Newt. And even though everyone else is, most everyone else is dead, Ellen Ripley gets to walk out of there with her new pseudo daughter. And it's like, it, it ends on such a, like this triumphant note that to start this movie immediately, just killing off Newt just feels so mean and so nihilistic. And I get it for the, it does set a tone, but it's just such a, like, ugh, tone. And I, I see the reason for it. I understand the need to tell, or the desire to tell a fresh story. Yeah. But there was um, an unceremoniousness to it that yeah. I think was a little... Well, and apparently they did reel it back, because it, if, thought, if things are to be believed, the original autopsy scene was extremely graphic, where the editor was like, no, you, you can't, like, this is making me sick. And that's not even on the special edition. Like, that, 
so they did I think eventually realize like ooh maybe and I think in one of the cuts I think they say like or in one of the screenplays Newt like suffered when she died like she was alive yeah. and in at least the one we both watched they say she was unconscious when she drowned yeah. So it's like this little, like, you you almost feel like they made little, little uh, steps to, like, try to ease off on, like, just how cruel it was to kill this little girl that you came to really care for. Yeah, it was um, not the way that I would have chosen to do it had, yeah. you know, it had to have happened. Right, because it could have been like the cat, where they just send the cat to Earth. I mean, or at least they didn't kill the cat, so that was good. Well, it, it didn't, for me, I don't want to harp on this too much, but she, I have no problem with the fact that she died. It's just the way in which it was done was so very washing my hands of the situation. Yeah. Like, you don't want to deal with her death. You don't want to deal with mm. what it would do to Ripley. Yeah. Like, you just want to get everyone gone so you can start a whole new movie. And this, what admittedly is a pretty interesting Group. There is a lot of interesting things going on um, because you have, so you're on a planet where it's all men because it's a prison colony. So, of course, it's all men. And basically, this prison colony has, the prisoners have within themselves found a way to live and cope and reform themselves with this apocalyptic Christianity. Yeah. Where they do not want women there because they have decided they don't need women they know the earth is coming to an end so they are disciplined and all this stuff which is a pretty cool idea and concept i don't know where the movie and i think and i think this is actually part of my understanding of the one of the differences between the theatrical version and the, thea- and the special edition is that the special edition has a lot more of the prisoners religion stuff yeah which kind of makes sense because you could see where it's at least the version I watched I felt like this is a really interesting interesting idea that they don't do anything with in the end because mm-hmm. they really don't you have um, Charles S. Dutton as sort of the ringleader who says things like you know I used to rape and kill women you, you don't want to I don't want you here I've taught these men to behave a certain way and then other than one character that kind of goes crazy, nothing really comes of the rest of the gods. Yeah. Like, in the end, it's just more bodies being thrown at the aliens, some of whom choosing to heroically sacrifice themselves. Yes, it is a vehicle for lots of people to kill mm-hmm. um, and really long-winded speeches. Right. And again, there's some cool things, like the fact that they have no weapons because it's a prison, so yeah, they it, wouldn't have weapons. So that's cool. Uh, you've got, like... The one kind of crazy office kilter prisoner who I think also, the Gallic, I think his role, uh, his whole subplot, I think is added in the assembly cut and is not in the theatrical version. Mm-hmm. And again, so you've got this kind of neat idea of this guy who kind of goes crazy where he starts worshipping the alien. Yeah, that works, except the movie, This so the cut we both watched was what, two hours and like 20 minutes? Yeah, something like that. It. It's not that the pacing is that bad, because I was into it. For like, I'm like, you know, I can tell this movie's a mess, but I'm enjoying watching it. Like, like this is well-made. I like these actors. I'm, I'm there for it. But then you realize, I still have 45 minutes left, and I don't even know who's... I, don't, I don't, can't even tell any of these guys apart anymore. Yeah. And I've been paying attention. I, that happened to me. 
Yeah, um, the app structure of this movie is is messy. I think that's a really good way to say it. I would not say it was poorly paced. Yeah, because um, it's there's good action, but. I got lost a lot. Like, where am I supposed to be in this story right now? And they bring in, <laughs> probably about halfway through, the corporation aspect comes back. Yeah. Now, if you hadn't seen the first two movies, which granted, if you hadn't seen them, you probably shouldn't be watching Alien 3. But if you hadn't seen them, I feel like they do such a poor job of giving any kind of motivation to the corporation. Yeah. Like, where all of a sudden it's like, oh, these are the bad guys. I'd rather kill myself than let them have the alien. Okay, but what What are they going to do? Who are they? I'm, and I mean, I watched this at night. I, I started, I had to get up and go brush my teeth because I started getting very sleepy. Because mm-hmm. the last 45 minutes, you have like the first hour is essentially development, character stuff, and I'm into it. Second, 45 minutes is alien chasing dudes, dudes dying cool action and then there's another 45 minutes where there's a like oh this is the subplot we're ending with okay Mm -hmm. and it yeah yeah but that being said (laughs) um yeah there was um i don't want to say there was an escalation issue but there was definitely a bit of a muddledness when it came to um that word that means why you do something. Uh, motivation? That one, yeah. yeah. There was, um, motivation was a bit of a question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I get it. Don't, you don't have to tell me, like, how bad they are and like, what they're going to do and she won't want to. I feel like that becomes an issue in the fourth one, too, to be honest with you. Right, I can see that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Now, on a positive note, Yes. Uh, this came up on our Twitter feed. It turned into a very heated conversation between Matt and Jeremy. Uh, I do love Ripley in this movie and how they treat her and her whole thing in this movie. I love. Um, yeah, me too, I guess. I can say that. Uh, aside from the fact that Scorny Weaver looks amazing with a shaved head... They never try to um, pretty her up. I mean, they really don't have to. But, like, I feel like most movies like this that I'm watching, I'm always distracted by the fact that, why are they wearing eyeliner in the apocalypse? She ain't wearing eyeliner. She ain't, she's, she looks natural to, you know, what a movie star in this movie could look. Yeah. Um, And yet, they also, they let her be sexy. Yeah, man. Right? So... I'm just... I We haven't talked about it yet. But I had... Charles, did you love Charles that? Charles Dance. Charles Dance, people, who most people today would know from Game of Thrones as Tywin Lannister and Lost as Penny's dad. In this movie, he's so young. Sexy. Um, I think he is the most handsome ever. Yeah. Um, he's just disgustingly handsome. He is but- incredibly handsome, their relationship is super good in this. I love it. Because you just have two good actors who get to play off each other. Yeah. And I love the way they write it where she basically says to him, you want to fuck? And they yeah. do. And because she basically, she's like, it's been a really long time. Yeah, you know, poor Ripley. It has been a long time for the poor dear. And they do it. And there's no real like negative 
stuff to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, You find out his backstory. It is, you know, it's sad. It's this. um, But it's great. And, like, I loved that relationship. I loved what they did with those characters. Um, I really would have liked other characters to have been developed in even an ounce of that way. They're not. Because the, the unfortunate thing is, not necessarily that he... I guess, spoiler, dies super early in, which sucks. I mean, it sucked, but that's great. You made me care Mm -hmm. about a character and then you took him away. What I was upset about is that you made me care about a character, you took him away, and now I have no one to care about. I have Ripley and that's it. I like Charles S. Dutton because I like the actor, but I don't really know anything about him. That character wasn't, it wasn't the character that I was like, oh, good. It was, oh, good, Charles S. Dutton is here to entertain me. You've got, like... The one character who gets a little bit of a redemptive arc, um, 85, the sort of, like, assistant to the warden. Yeah. But we don't get much of him. He's just there, and then he gets to do something proud. And then you have the, kind of spoilery, the um, one prisoner who makes it, who I swear looked like, at certain angles, really looked like Vladimir Putin. Oh, it's very distracting. <laughs> yeah, he. But um, what uh, he just happens to be the one left. I don't know anything about. I, I know. In the last like ten minutes, I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, wait, is that P. Bossaway? No, it's not. Okay, um, this guy. He's he's in um he does some British television that I've watched. So I knew him from an episode of Sherlock, but just looking at it now, like there's a ton yeah. of things that reasons like, I mean, why I would know. And it's him. not the actors. The actors are all it's no, like, they're all good. Most of them are British, so, so even if they're not good, they seem like they're good because they have funny accents. <laughs> uh, the actors are good. The looks of the characters are great. They look grimy. Some of them look creepy religious. Some of them look like thugs. The look of it's great. It's just that the it, it almost feels like they got to a point where they're like, wait. Which actors do we still have on contract? This guy, okay, you're going to live. Yeah. Like, it just becomes such a... And I mean, also, it doesn't help that they all have shaved heads, so they all do kind of... When they're dying, you can't really tell who's who. Which is fine, but you could take some time to develop the characters yeah. so I know who... Oh, it's the guy that does the thing that just died, you know? Right, like, right. Yeah, it's the guy I who whittles. Know. Oh, no, not the whittler. I almost said whittle. Oh, weird. Same. Or Great like, car- I I thought whittle, and then I was like, I should have said something about carving soap. Ah, well, <laughs> that is whittling, isn't it? If you're kind of, can you whittle soap? I thought you could. I I don't know. You can definitely carve yeah. it. Yeah. So same deal. But the ultimately the apocalyptic Christianity really doesn't mean anything. It doesn't really it end up playing nothing. any kind of part. Yeah, it's cool as a setup, but it doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Um. The now the look of the alien, the look of the movie, the look of the effects, all that stuff. What'd you think? I don't really remember how the alien looked. No, no, I do. No, I do. I made the mistake of watching these two very long movies back to back. Um, the alien looked good when it was practical. Yep, it really, really did. It did. Um, the alien looked embarrassing when it wasn't practical. I understand what year it was, but also I had a question, and I thought maybe you would have come across it in some of your research. Did that have anything to do with the cut that this was? Was there more um, rough alien footage, or is that, like, what you would see? I'm not sure. I I was getting very confused by the look, because the 
what I kept reading was that, like, oh, no, there was very little CGI. And I don't know if it was, like, blue screen or green screen and if that's a different definition than CGI. Yeah. Because there are so many shots where all of a sudden you're like, oh, 1992. Because you go from, I mean, the, the practical effects look amazing in this movie. And then when you have this, like, asylum level uh, graphics, it just takes you out. And they don't use it sparingly. When they use it, they use it. And again, I don't know if it's just CGI or if it was actually a different technique that's just aged so poorly. But I was confused, too, because I'm watching this. I'm like, if this was the assembled cut, why didn't they do something about that? Yeah, I was. I, I thought it was a little... Um... Bad. Yeah, I didn't really understand. <laughs> to put it nicely, I... bad. Um... So maybe there's a room for that, um, that it didn't look cleaner. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand what effects from 1992 are going to look like, um, but they could have they could done something because it looked like a different movie. Yeah, very much. I'm not, I don't know a lot about this stuff, but I've seen other movies with effects from 92 that look bad that you're like, oh, those effects are dated. Not like, what movie is this from? Right, right. Well, the end now... This is a spoiler, although if you, most people probably know how this movie ends. Um, so let's just, for like three minutes, we're just going to talk about the final ending of the movie because it's important and such. Um, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. So now the cut we watch, when Ripley throws herself into the furnace, yeah, she just throws herself in and, and dies and such. Yep. The theatrical cut, apparently as she's doing that, I, I just watched it, yep. Did you see that? So why do you think they took that out in the assembled cut? Because it's Where in the stupid. original cut, there's a, the aliens trying to get out, right? Well, okay, so I watched this movie and I was like, oh, this movie's not that good. And I was, I was <laughs> I texting my... I that voice. I, I was. I was texting with my significant other and I said, oh, man. And I said, I don't remember which one I watched. But, I mean, it's not great. But I'm not, it's not that bad yet. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, you didn't finish it yet. And I said, no, it just end." Or, or I was like, oh, no, it's about to end. Oh, well, wait for this part. And he <laughs> says, when, when the, it pops out of her chest and she strokes it. And I was uh... like, I was like, what? And then it ended and I was like, that didn't happen. Right. So he's like, oh, okay, well, that must be in the theatrical. And I was like, what do you mean she strokes it? And he's like, lovingly strokes it. And I was like. Okay, so we watched it on YouTube, and I was like, it looks like she's cradling it to her bosom. Huh, which, on one hand, I'm guessing, what's funny about that is, I just assumed they took it out because it looked bad. Oh, it didn't. It didn't look bad. Okay, because when I've Googled it, like, just image. Worse than the rest of it looks. Like, when I've just Googled image Alien 3, I've seen... (laughs) A picture of her doing that, but somebody imposed Kermit the Frog instead of the alien. So I assumed it was probably something like it looked like a Muppet. Uh, I didn't think it looked bad. It looked well, practical. Well, I wonder, but the, well, that's even more interesting, because then they took it out because they felt that, like, thematically, it didn't fit. Yeah. I and think, now... I think it showed... A, I could be completely wrong, I could be reading it wrong, and hey, I got a vagina, I have uh, emotions and opinions, but it felt like she was treating it lovingly. Like, she, this was the thing that she carried. Right. Which, I don't know if I like the implications I of that, don't. Personally. I feel like there's a lot of symbolism throughout the first, really, all, all the aliens, 
of motherhood and Ripley as a maternal figure. Uh-huh. Obviously, in two with Newt, that's the whole thing. And even in this one, that, you know, she essentially loses her daughter at the beginning, but then she's impregnated. Uh, you see this in Prometheus, too. There's always, there's like that yes. thing about it. That's a really good point. I didn't even think about I I divorced Prometheus from these movies so completely <laughs> that I don't, that, I, I guess that's why I don't get fired up about it. Right. Um, but yeah, and then and even in the fourth, the fourth one, obviously, there's yeah. a whole nother level to yep, it. It's, yep, pre- yep. it's pretty blatant in the fourth yeah. one. Um, but that being said, I feel like the Ripley in this movie does not have any maternal feelings to the alien. Exactly. She's connected to it because of various reasons. Her connection to it is, I am going to kill this fucking thing before it kills mankind. So it doesn't make sense. No, unless it was like her doing it to like kind of ease it into like, nope, nope, I'm, we're going to die now. We're going to die now. You but should so, watch it. And I'm give totally going to watch it. But right now I'm firmly on the side of it doesn't belong in the movie. No, because it wasn't aggressive. It wasn't, I really feel like it was like, I said, okay, that doesn't look like stroking. It looks like, like she's like tenderly cradling yeah. it. And I think now that you've said that, I feel like I've seen that image. Yeah. But I I don't like the idea. I like the idea of, and I, I don't know that it needed to be done this way, I wouldn't mind the idea of it's trying to get out and she is pushing, grabbing it to keep it, because in her last act of sacrifice, she's also going to, she's going to make sure her sacrifice counts and not going to let it get out. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, I don't like the idea of there being a softness there because it, it, it's not the Ripley in this movie either. The Ripley in this movie no, is okay uh, yeah. with sacrificing dudes and herself to keep this thing from getting out. I mean, the Ripley in the first movie is, is willing to sacrifice people for that. That That is that character. So, yeah, yeah I don't like the, the softness added to it. And I'm guessing Fincher didn't either. Yeah, it just didn't seem... If that's the... I don't necessarily like that road with the character, mm-hmm. personally. But not at least so literal with her maternal needs. Yeah. Um, because it kind of makes me feel like a crazy lady that will nurture anything that gets in my way because I just need to be a yeah. mother. And to go back to the whole... Like, the brilliance of Ripley as a character to begin with in the first movie was that Ripley didn't have to be a woman. The yeah. alien was written with all the cast could have been male or female and that's specifically in the script i believe nobody is specified as being male or female as they were casting i think is kind of when they decided okay we're going to make the lead female or i think even it was like sigourney weaver came in to read and they were like you know what maybe we'll do use her but the idea being ripley could have been male or female in that first film in the second film it's then honed a little more to her being you know a mother of a lost child and all that stuff but that then by the third film where the fact that she's a woman is is important in a film where specifically it takes place on a planet of men yeah but I don't think it's but they also immediately shave her head she never looks not to say she never looks like a woman but part of I think the strength of it is that she doesn't uh her being a woman is never really an issue until someone makes it an issue for themselves. Yeah. You know? And so I don't like that then the final act of Ripley is all tied into the fact that she's ultimately a woman and a mom. I don't mm-hmm. like that. 
So uh, I agree. There we go. Sampled cut wins, I guess, even though I haven't seen the theatrical cut. Yeah, I will look at it. Just, I mean, it's a super. Yeah, I'm gonna super watch that and, sequence just to see it. I, I'm kind of glad I got bullied. I was like, I don't need to see that. <laughs> I, I got I got bullied into watching it, and I was like, oh, all right. Sometimes bullying pays off, kids. It does. That's right. Bully, bully your loved ones. <laughs> yeah. So, any more to say about Alien Three? Uh, I don't know. I think we hit on everything. Plus, um, I uh, talking about that that al- alternate ending mm. or, or the other ending um, really, I think, hit home what issues I had with the third, with the fourth one. I can so, see that. It's just making her a crazy mom. Yep, yep, yep. But the argument that Matt and Jeremy were having over Twitter last night was that the fourth movie Ripley isn't Ripley because she's like a eighth generation clone. Mm-hmm. Or so, okay, fine. But I mean, I, it, it's kind of like what you said about Prometheus. You can you can accept Prometheus as a prequel to Alien, or you can just accept it as a movie that has similar themes and artwork. Yeah, and and some and you can and whatever makes you happy, man. Whatever makes you happy in the end. It's true. The, these movies are very divisive. People have very strong opinions about them. And I always I always forget. Well, yeah, I, feel I, like- I, I it, because I don't have that same connection. I yeah. sometimes forget how serious people take it. I I know people who kind of take Alien Three as a um, trying to compare it to something that I feel that where they. I don't know that anybody loves Alien Three, but I feel like there are people out there that are that really defend it. Yeah, I think it is. To me, I I mean, based on this one viewing of it. I don't think it's a travesty. I think it's a studio travesty in that this could have, at various incarnations, been something really interesting. I think there's a lot of good things in it, and I enjoyed watching it. Was it was too long, got bored near the end, but yeah. I was into it. And I, it's similar, now that I'm saying it, I feel very similar to this, the way I did about Prometheus. Where, like, I know this is a mess. I know that there are elements that aren't going together. I know that uh, these are stupid decisions characters are making. And it's really affecting the movie. Mm -hmm. But I'm kind of into it. So I'm going to forgive a lot of it. Because it's entertaining me for two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. So I... There there was enough in this. And again, most of it being Sigourney Weaver. uh, The stuff with Charles Dance. And the look of the movie that I was on board, although I can understand anybody just trashing the hell out of it, but I think there is something to defend in that, well, Ripley gets to be pretty kick-ass in it. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know whose side I take in the Matt vs. Jeremy fight. And that didn't even go into whether or not it's really Ripley in part four. Yeah, I, I again, like... I really didn't have... Uh, if we're talking about the movie we actually sat and watched, I, I really didn't have a problem with Ripley in this. I, I actually kind of liked her. Yeah, so. I, I thought she was... That this was an outstanding uh, female hero of an action horror movie. Made me, yeah. made me very happy in that end. Um, and made me realize, too, how much Resident Evil owes to Ripley. <laughs> and just all of those movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 
I mean, just the progression of that character in the movies where she gets like more and more, uh, like kind of ridiculously androgynous and then just badass and magical. Yeah. Um, but I, I really loved, and I don't know whether that was script, whether that was Fincher, whether that was Sigourney Weaver and Charles Dance, but that whole element of the movie saved it and made it to me really interesting for at least that first hour. Yeah. Oh, me too. I really started to fall away mm-hmm. the deeper it got yep. into it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So are you about ready to rate it? Man, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to rate this movie, but yeah, I'm ready. No. So we do two grades here. We do a quality of film and then we do kind of quality of life and really is just kind of measuring how much we enjoyed it and stuff. Yeah. Quality of film? Oh, jeez. Hold on. You would think I didn't know. You would think someone sprung this on me. <laughs> you would think we haven't spent the last 43 minutes and 10 seconds talking about it. All right. Let's see. Quality of film. I'm. Go- How about we say our score at the same time? Uh, I, I do a countdown and we say our score at the same time so we don't influence one another. Okay. 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 I just got to think about what my score is first. I think, I, I think I'm pretty solid. I'm not sure if this is what I rated it. Okay, so three, two, one, six. Six point five. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. We're um, I don't know if that's what I... Let me look at my... Bring up my thing real quick. Um, I gave it a six when I actually okay. rated it, so... Yeah, because I feel like as a film, it is made well, even though narratively, not necessarily so. Yeah. But just the filmmaking, the look of the movie, the the sets, um, and, you know, that brings it at least to a five. And then Sigourney Weaver gives it the full point for me. For a six. Yeah, um, I had to think of it like, okay, well, five is average. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, it was above average. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, six point five. I think I'm s- sticking solid with my six point five. Okay. Now, uh, quality of life and such. Um. I'm curious to see where you're going to go with this. I'm going to um, probably stay the same at a 6.5. I, I would go higher for me on that. I'm going to go 6.75. Uh, just because I, I can't go... I thought go to 7, but the thing was, uh, by the time I got to that last 45 minutes, I was bored, didn't care, and didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Um, but the... Really, like, the aesthetic... And the, again, Ripley, um, that stuff I enjoyed so much um, that I just wanted more of that. Yeah. So that's where I'm going with that. And so for you, you said 6.5 again? Yeah, I, mean, I think I'll stick with it. Um, it, I, again, having seen it twice in somewhat same time period, mm-hmm. I can't see myself rushing to watch it again. Right. Um, but there are certain aspects of that Ripley character which continue through this film that um, I respond to, I enjoy, you know, I'm glad exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that could be mostly her, so. Oh, yeah, and she's amazing. <laughs> I mean, Sigourney Weaver is, is a great actress. I think very few would argue that. Um, but what she managed to do and what, uh, thankfully, a... Hollywood managed to do with her in this era was really make this character so iconic and in a genre and an age when you really didn't have very many 
female superstars, you were able to make one here. Yeah. And she, it's, it's her and it's the character and it's that the character is treated respectfully and that she just is a, such an interesting actress that she's able to bring all of it out mm-hmm. that it makes a difference. Yeah, so, so that was our, our thoughts on Alien 3. Uh, to continue on with Alien Resurrection, you can... Oh, man, I hit it. Now I don't remember who's doing the next episode. You said it, and I forgot I was already. so ready with it. I had my transition aimed, ready to go. Now I just need my internet to work a little quicker, and I can tell you, the next show to cover it is gonna be... But you're wrong. September 12th, Alien Resurrection and Predators. Uh, oh no, September 15th will be the Alien Resurrection episode. So people should listen up, because I'm very curious to hear anybody talk about Alien Resurrection. Yeah, I'm definitely... I want to hear somebody that fucking loves it. I want to hear them talk about why they love it. Because well, I I think I could be swayed pretty quick on that movie. It, it's a shame you didn't get to come to my wedding, because I would have sat you down with my father and Ooh. said... Jim, oh, tell Christine why you like Alien Resurrection. That I, yeah. I would have liked to have met your parents. <laughs> you still can. The, That's true. They they are still around. My dad. I don't know if it's that he. Lo- my dad and I have occasionally very divisive uh, takes on movies. Like he really likes Godzilla with Matthew Broderick. I really don't. Shocking. Um, Strange though. You have so much in common with your questionable taste. Well, exactly. On different things. <laughs> but when it comes to. Um, uh, Alien Resurrection, I think he just really likes Brad, which, again, I can't argue with. He really likes Brad Dorif in that movie. Yeah. And so, uh, and I, I think do, I kind of do, fun. too. So, you know, I, I, but I think he could probably sway you on it, considering it a good movie. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, before we talk about the surprise of what we'll do next time, uh, Netflix picks, you got one? Yeah, mine's actually serious. Um, well, you should watch, down, Christine. you should watch Authors Anonymous because it's ridiculous and terrible. But I um I revisited a movie on a whim on a Saturday afternoon that I haven't seen since my youth. And Jesus Christ, is this movie still the best movie ever? Um, I rewatched Twelve Angry Men. Oh. Um, I remember being a dorky, eleven, twelve-year-old and absolutely loving it. Mm-hmm. I think I saw it once or twice more in my like late teens, but I haven't seen it as an adult. Wow, was it amazing! It's... I cried. It made me cry. Yeah. God, that movie is so good. <sighs> I don't think I've ever seen the film version. I saw it on Broadway a few years ago. I can Im- so imagine good. that was amazing. Oh, God, and the cast was so good. It was um, J- James Rebhorn who just passed away. Uh, the Oh, the one of the guards on Oz who I always liked. It was yeah. like all these character actors, and they were all amazing um, because it's 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 such a good, uh, it's such good material. Yeah. You know, I don't think I've ever watched the film. I really you should. It, it, it's for me. It was a really good like Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon pick. Um, I had to leave, and I kept not wanting to go. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know, I just, but the, I know, I didn't it's know so they, good. Yeah. It's like perfect storytelling for me. The escalation is amazing. Mm-hmm. The character development is amazing. The climax is amazing. It's just so good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Awesome. I didn't realize it was on instant. I may, uh, may check that out one night. Yeah, when I was man. Classy. 
it keeps telling me to watch it again because I had already Ooh. rated it. And it was like, watch it again. And I'm like, well, maybe. By the way, have you noticed on Netflix, like, you know how they have the rating for you, like what they think you're going to have a movie? Yes. Suddenly they got really dramatic with mine. It used to be like everything was like three to four stars. Now all of a sudden I have all these movies on my queue that they're saying I'm going to give one and a half stars to. Oh, really? Which for they me, usually it went only the other do way. when it's like an independent movie that's like actually made by like a 12 year old. So I don't know. It's weird. I must have like um, accidentally They've been telling some- me a few times that I was going to give things five stars and rarely do I ever dole out five I stars. I must have accidentally rated something like a one star. And they, it's they like the time I rated Bellflower like no stars and ever since then they're like scared to recommend anything to me. I think that must yep, be it. Don't do it. She'll yeah. chew you a new one or whatever they say. Well, my uh, Netflix recommend is also a little serious. Um, I was just kind of skimming through and seeing what's on there, and I saw that this movie was on there, and it's such a good movie, and that is A Simple Plan. Ooh, haven't seen it, knew it was on Instagram. Oh, so yeah. good. So good. Okay. Gentleman's Guy did a coverage of it a couple of months ago, maybe, um, and it just kind of reinforced, I'm like, this movie's great, right? And then, like, they all gave it nines. I'm like, yeah, it is great. Yeah. Such um, a good cast. And everybody in that cast is at their best. Like, Bridget Fonda, who I've never been that impressed with, is so good in that movie. Yeah. Oh, it's it's just great. I hear it's wonderful. It's would, wonderful. Like now that it's like sort of getting into winter, it's a good winter movie to watch. Yeah, because it's snow and shit. Saturday afternoon movie or mm-hmm. no? Um, okay. if you're sit, it's a movie that you need to sit and watch and not do anything. Okay, cool. I, I feel it's one of those movies that I think you it warrants your full attention because it gets very tense. So yeah. you want to feel that tension that you need to invest in. All right, cool. I will. I I'll make it. I'll make a fucking effort. I suck sometimes. As I mentioned, I've basically just been watching Fringe and also Kitchen Nightmares oh, episodes well, of Kitchen okay. Nightmares that I've seen two or three times. British or American? American. I guess this is how I deal with stress. Yeah, I understand that. It's a good <laughs> way though, because they're always like so predictable. Like you know, you know the I problem don't. is that the menu has too many items on it, and that they're not getting fresh food from the markets, right? And I love seeing people be stupid and get yelled at for it. It's great. <laughs> that's that's a fair assessment. Uh, okay, and now when next we meet, we will um, do our long-awaited Fast Five Step Up All In coverage. Yay! I'm. I don't know. I'm we'll try to get that one out soon so that Christine and Erica remember it. Still, I remember everything about Step Up Five. And you always will because you're wonderful. I but I think I need to read like a, like a synopsis of okay. them both. I can I can just spend the entire episode telling you everything that's great about it, and you can to be, just nod, and that will be our to episode. be fair though. Fast Five had we recorded twenty minutes after I watched it, I probably would have forgotten which one it was. <laughs> well, that's a different issue, if you will. We'll wait till you and Erica can till I have backup and 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 it's not just me complaining about Fast and Furious movies. Okay. Although well, I deal. spoiler alert, I liked five more than I liked most of them. But that's because there was more punching and less driving. That's true. <laughs> Very simple. I like guns. I like punching. I don't like cars. I think I've fallen asleep during almost every one of them. So That's fair. Okay, so on those notes, uh, please check out the rest of the podcast taking place in the pod crawl. It is in the show notes. It is on our Facebook page. But You're Wrong being the next episode uh, podcast to cover alien stuff. Uh, go get it. Thank yeah. you, thank you, Greg, for uh, having us in on it. It's yeah, an honor. thanks. Um, and thank you, Skype, for now working this time around. 
that was nice of it. Cross the highway 